No one will phone on the landline, will they? It'll be fine. No one ever does. No, never. Never. We had a Sainsbury's order scheduled between eight and nine, and the guy came at about uh, half past eight, fortunately. So, uh, oh well, so that's that's done. We we escaped that one. Yeah, we're all good. Welcome back to the Measuring Up podcast, episode nineteen, the UK's first, and as far as we know, only commercial joinery podcast. I'm Andy McClellan, and I run a joinery business up in Newcastle upon Tyne, and I'm Peter Millard, and as well as running a virtual ten minute workshop for the YouTube land, I also run a small but imperfectly formed. Uh, workshop in the garden spot of West London. And every couple of weeks we get together and we chat about all things joinery and cabinet making related and running your own business and whinging about YouTube and various other topics that we just it's, we just have a bit of a chat don't we we do it's uh, I, 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 I would miss it if we didn't have it let's put it that way exactly sometimes you've just got to get the, these things off your chest I think so and, of course, you know what it is? It's Christmas Eve, isn't it? Uh, it is in podcast land, yes. So uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. I, I, I hope your <laughs> preparations have all gone according to plan and you haven't left things too late. So uh, a, a bit of kind of, hold on, let me just press play on this. A bit of Christmas jangle on the, on oh, the show. Nice. Do you like that? That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and of course, the next show, the final show of the season, will be early. It'll be in one week's time. So today is the penultimate show of, of this season. And next week will be the, the final episode of this season on New Year's Eve. Epic. And um, And if you run out of things to do in the little break we're having... You can just sign up on Patreon and listen to all of our uh, after shows. That is very true. That's an excellent way of uh, of catching up on all the gossip uh, that we've uh, that we've managed to put together. Yeah. So, how have you been this week, Peter? Uh, I've been stupidly busy this week. I've been disappointed by clients. I've been <laughs> run myself into the ground. I did a big install. Um, I did a, a, a no video video a few weeks back, just trying to explain to the folks that. Uh, you know, you don't get to see everything because you're just too busy. And part of what I was showing, why I wasn't showing that on video, it was a, a, a study, a desk, uh, spare room study, install, um, refurb. So it's a little sort of day bed with storage under a desk, a couple of tall shelf units and a couple of wall units. Not terribly interesting, like uh, a million other things I've done before, painted in Joa's white this time, which is a, one of the many shades of beige from the Farron Ball. Um, but the only time the client had to, to have the install done was uh, Saturday last week. And uh, I got it all done in a day, but it was a long old day. Uh, so eleven hours of grafting. Oh, that's 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 a long one. Uh, start started at eight and finished at seven, and it was it was one of those things where you almost shouldn't be driving. You're so tired, you're so exhausted. You, you know, it's it's dark, it's raining. You, you know, if if I could have, I could have just walked home, but I had a van full of gear. So. It, if I could have walked, just walked away from it, I would have done, but I had to, I had to drive back. And it was just knackering. And, and the next day, I felt absolutely wretched. I thought I was coming down with a cold. Everything ached because I'm up and down. This is on the yeah. third floor of a you know, loft conversion, way up in the attic. 
a tiny little room. I put some pictures up on Instagram. Really sort of just difficult, awkward, horrible situation to have to, to deal with. Uh, and I was just felt wretched on the Sunday. Bounced back okay. Uh, and then this last week, I've got the, the, the next, the final sort of big install uh, to do with the year. And it's three sets of shelves. And I'd ask them just that they'd change their mind on this a couple of times. Uh, and I'd ask them, you can have you can have a turn in a minute, by the way. No, you go for it. Uh, you for go for it. I'm enjoying <laughs> I need, it. I need to vent. It makes me feel better about my job. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they'd change their minds a couple of times on just three sets of Alco shelves. No, no big deal. Uh, about so large-ish, a metre wide on, on two of them, and about 600 wide on another not quite a couple of metres tall, but, you know, substantial, sizable. But they'd changed their mind on a couple of things. So I just wanted to shot them a quick email just to ask them, just to confirm the thickness of the shelves, because they've changed their minds on that twice, and the number of shelves, because they want fixed shelves now. And, you know, that's a that's a one-shot deal, because once those shelves are fixed, they're not moving again. And uh, I shot them an email on that Sunday when I was feeling particularly wretched and I didn't get a re- I got a phone call from them on the Friday. Now I'm su- I was supposed to actually be installing this today and I didn't get a phone call confirming measurements until late last Friday. Brilliant. Uh, uh, so obviously everything's a little bit late because until they can confirm the measurements, they can confirm dimensions, particularly thickness of the shelves, I can't organise a cut list because it was all a bit late. Uh, my my timber yard are really really busy, so I've been I had to get the sheets back and cut them myself like an animal, you know, <laughs> cutting my own MDF for God's sake. What what kind of a country is this? And uh, it's just been a bit of a slog. So I'm I'm sort of a bit delayed on that. I've got the first one actually nailed together uh, late yesterday, and I've popped in for an hour this morning just to get the backs on, and I'm just starting the second one. I've got two more to do and get them painted over the weekend, ready to install on Monday, because they can't do Tuesday or Wednesday. So Monday or Thursday are the only days they can do. Uh, So you're going for Monday Uh, then? So I'm going for Monday uh, with the potential to run into Thursday if we need to. And I was hoping to get in. I I, hope to have gotten on a little bit further with the whole project by today so that I could have got a coat of primer on them, then shot over there, because it's local, it's only five minutes away. A shot over there and at least get the the battening in um because that gets me started but i i'm not gonna have time i'm um i need to i need to press on so i need to be in the workshop so yeah so i saw the pictures of the shelves on instagram yeah you can you can follow me on instagram at uh, at 10 minute workshop or at gosforth handyman on instagram uh, gosforth handyman on instagram yes if if you want to follow us yep, both yeah uh, we we post regularly on instagram we're, we're, i'm trying to post daily to instagram both video uh, both some little uh pictures photographs and some video as well so we're, we're worth a follow plus follow us uh the the podcast of course at measuring up podcast on instagram too we don't we don't post much there but we do post a little bit when the uh uh, uh when the good stuff comes out so I put a couple of snaps up on uh, on Instagram this morning because I've I've been in early and I've been finishing late. So I've been sort of doing some uh, early morning, late night scenes of <laughs> the mean streets of West London. Yeah. You've been grafting. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say the shelves looked um, very sturdy. They are solid, yeah. Uh, so explain how you're making those. Actually, and I noticed in one of the pictures, one of them's got like proper joints in. 
like lap joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very observant. That was from quite a distance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd yeah, just drawn them on for the camera. No, no. It's um, the real joints. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm using real, real tree wood, tree meat. Yeah, tree meat as well. Tree meat and real joints. And real joints. It's, you know, using a hand plane, yeah, all kinds. Splinters, splinters, and sawdust, and swearing. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about in the minute. It's my life. You can get machines for that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, explain how explain how you're doing the shelves. Okay, so uh, because it's they're, they're big pieces, so it's a meter wide and two meters high, more or less, and they're going on on battens, so it's pre-made and pre-scribed. I wonder if that's where the word came from. Uh, comes comes from. Um, so the bands, I mean, I, 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 it took me a while to figure out how to, how to do this because they didn't want floating shells with a face frame planted on. And to be honest, that would take too long to install anyway. Uh, they wanted, they didn't want shelves thicker than 40 mil because he's, he's a painter, he's a, an artist, and the aesthetics are very important, which is fair. Um, so I was trying to figure out how I could pre-make them and pre-paint them so they just kind of slot in. They've got to be made in sections because they're just too big to go in in one go. And obviously they're sizable, so there'll be quite a lot of weight uh, to be born. So what, I'm, what, I'm, what I've done is, and this is going to be really hard to, to explain, uh, but the, the shelves themselves are made of inch and a quarter redwood, inch and a quarter by six, uh, inch and a quarter by four. So it comes up with a plain size of about 28 mil. And then I've put a six mil cladding on this top and bottom and MDF just to get a nice clean paint finish. I know that's not adding any strength. Uh, the battens on the wall, obviously like a, like a floating type shelf, you put a batten on the wall and that's quite deep. That's, you know, almost three inches deep, but with a little half lap rebate in it. And I've done the same in the corresponding bottom half of the bottom shelf, if you see mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah? So there's a six mil skin that's scribed into the into the alcove. Yeah. Then underneath that, there's a two pieces of inch and a quarter by six or depending, whatever, by four, depending on the, the depth, because there's two different depths of shelf, uh, glued very securely to that six mil skin to form mm-hmm. the bottom shelf. Then that's half-lapped, rebated around the three sides that that bear into the alcove. So that slots into the battening, yeah? So the, the rebate on the battening, and then that sits in pretty snugly. I've given myself a couple of mil wiggle room on that just in case the, the scribing isn't perfect, mm-hmm. you know, first time out. Uh, and then I can I can glue and clamp a bottom skin onto that so that it's all nice and flush, and then just apply a six mil face frame to the front of it. Right. And that'll go all the mm. way around. Nifty. I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, pictures of the install. It sounds quite... Uh, uh... Yeah, um, I've, again, it's it's one of those things where we won't get to see any actual video of the install. It's really annoying because it is it is actually a really interesting build. Uh, and I've, I've done one before went, that went in in a similar way um, because the other little... What I, what I do... Again, this is really hard to explain. I probably need to do a video about it, but yeah, I, I, I just need more time to do that. Uh, I've got the, because we've got 40 mil thick shelves, 
if you imagine the sides of the carcass go in sections Mm -hmm. and the bottom section, sorry, the top shelf of the bottom section, if you see what I mean, the shelf stands proud by about four mil of the size of the carcass. So the, the, the next section of carcass sits slightly below the shelves. Okay. And you've got dominoes at either side to help locate it. So you don't, you don't get that awkward line where you get a, a carcass just joining a shelf. It's sort of hidden by the side of the shelf. That's the theory anyway. That should, should work out quite well. Right, right. Nifty. It's always these more complicated, interesting jobs that would make really interesting videos, but you just, you can't fill them. It would, because there's, there's, there's so much to think about. Just working out the, you know, the, the guy wants 40 mil face frame all around. Yeah. And obviously I, I can only approximately see how far out of true the, the walls and the chimney breast are. So you've got to sort of try and balance that. But just to get the, the maximum width of shelf in to get a 40 mil face frame at the front of the, carcass takes a bit of fiddling a bit of jiggling around um yeah you know interesting job if i had more time on it it'd be great but uh, unfortunately time is pressing and uh, i need to crack on with it and it's one of those things as well where if you were going to bother to video it and really do it justice you'd need lighting rigs and all sorts yep. and i don't know about you but I've, i don't think i've ever been in a property where the lighting's been good enough to film no this is this is one of the biggest headaches and people's often ask, oh, you know, we'd love to see some more in-stores. Well, first of all, there are privacy issues. Some people just don't want you filming in their house, which is totally fine. Uh, and it just takes too long to do something decent. I did a couple of quick sort of, you know, end of the job kind of on my phone, panning up and down the the, the installs that I've done recently. And they look horrible because it's seven o'clock at night, there's a bare bulb or whatever in the room or just those nasty little spotlight downlights. The lighting's horrible. Uh, the colours are all over the place because you've still got some you know, outside light coming in. It's, uh, it never looks good. And it's not really what you pr- want to present as the finished job on, on video. Yeah, it doesn't show off your hard work to, to, its, to a proper extent, does it? It's, uh, yeah, I always find it it's a bit... Um depressing when you take those final photos unless you get like a really nice brightly lit room with sunlight and and you can get some quite nifty photos with a a dslr and a long exposure or something like that that's right but um getting good photos in in a dark room and especially video it just looks terrible honestly if anyone's ever wondering why we don't put more content out there of the bigger more complicated jobs in customer properties that that is one of the main reasons. We did get a question actually from, uh, and I can't find it for the life of me just now. But uh, thank you very much for the question. Uh, when am I going to do a series about photographing your your work, your your installs? And it's something I've I've considered actually um, to do because not everybody is a photography fan. You know, not not everybody is interested in photography. Just, but getting decent quality pictures of your work is really important. Because that's all we have, you know. Uh, <laughs> we'd love to look, give somebody a list of names and addresses of people whose houses we've worked in and they can pop around and have a look, but that ain't going to happen <laughs> anytime ever. Uh, so, so getting decent pictures of, of stuff you've installed is, is key, really. 
so that we can promote ourselves and show that we can we, we can show people the kind of work that we've done. So uh, it's something that's that's cropped up with a couple of uh, the guys that I know on Twitter. And I, I may do it as as all these things. When you start thinking about it, it becomes a much bigger project than you. You know, how far into this do you go? Do you yeah? You know, do you start having to talk about lenses and exposures and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it would be an interesting one. though. I'd I'd follow that. I'd I'd quite enjoy that as a as a keen amateur photographer. Um, I would I would definitely enjoy that. I think. Any tips and things, especially photographing white objects and making them look good, yeah, is so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a classic conundrum getting getting white stuff to look white, and yet still keep some detail in it. Yeah, and especially now when you know clever, clever, clever phones in our uh, clever cameras in our phones can do so much, and yet uh, you can't beat a manual white balance and proper exposure. Yeah. To get what you want, and and lighting, you know, sometimes you need to light stuff. Um, yeah, tricky. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll add it to my list of <laughs> my long, long list of videos that I need to do in the new year. That's a project for 2019 for you. Yeah. Um, so th- that was me. How have you been? <laughs> um, I, I've been. Everything's just been smaller. Run up to Christmas jobs nice. because I've kind of I've passed that point where it's too close for getting any of the bigger jobs in. Yeah. And uh, at the moment, I've had a lot of customers, like regular customers, just wanting little bits and pieces done, which I don't mind doing around this time of year, just to help them get the houses sorted out and whatnot, and little shelving jobs. And I had uh, a job last week where literally I just had to rearrange two rooms for a client and move (laughs) the furniture around, but it involved having a flat pack Furniture, basically take it all to bits, oh, right. move it into another room, put it all back together in the hope that it can be put back together and all the joints don't just disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, getting all that done. and um, So, yeah, just little jobs like that that the customer just doesn't want to do themselves and yeah. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't know how to do themselves. You know, they, they, they wouldn't know how to build it in the first place. Never mind take it to bits and put it back together without any instructions. Yeah, sure. So... Um, there's stuff like that. I've got a bunch of um, an, another bunch of little jobs next week, and then I'll be be finishing off. Um, nice. So I've got a lot of design jobs and quote jobs to get done, ready for next year, just to kind of get everything lined up for January, February time, and ready to go. Yeah. So I've got a couple of sketch up things that I need to get done and dusted and, and out. Yeah. Um, so that'll take a. a day or so of work on on SketchUp. A huge amount of stuff I've been doing on my website, on the gothithandyman.com website that I've been... It's turned into a bit of... uh, It's taking over my life more than YouTube, I think. (laughs) um, Yeah, you started blogging and stuff on that, didn't you? Well, kind of, loosely speaking. The last time I think I blogged on it was about six months ago because I started blogging and then I just haven't had time to do any more blogging on it, but... Um, I finally got a shop up and running on it. Oh, well done for for selling for your tape measures and mer- stuff. Tape measures and merch and stuff. But that's been a that took about two weeks of solid work to get that up, uh, properly up and running and, and working. I bet. Um, and then you know what it is? Everything went fine with getting the the shop set up. I've never had website problems in the years and years that I've had websites. And then the second I pressed go 
and made the shop go live, the website got bloody hacked. No way! Just a random bit of text appeared on one page of the website, and generally that means there's been some sort of SQL injection attack or something like that where stuff's getting injected directly into the database through some sort of rogue code somewhere, like a malware thing or something like that. But I just couldn't think of any way that could possibly happen. I've I've got really strong passwords everywhere um and it's never i got rid of it and did like a full security lockdown on everything but i've got firewalls and anti-malware stuff on on the site so it shouldn't i just couldn't think of how this happened and as i say i got rid of it and it was only a couple of lines but it was Mm. a couple of lines of text that i didn't write just you know, imagine that on on the homepage of your website. It's like, whoa, something's appeared. Yeah. That's I didn't put that there. Something, somebody, somebody else is controlling this. Yeah. Well, exactly. So suddenly, it's like, oh, brilliant. So I had to take everything offline. Go all hands on deck to get everything really locked down. Do full scans of everything. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it, and maybe someone more technical than me, I've got a caching plugin on the site, which is a new thing. Um, which is, um, I'll not go into the technical details of what a caching plugin does. No, no, please, please don't. Um, but I'm wondering if it's possible that maybe my site wasn't hacked and it was something to do with the way it's been cached somehow and it's come back from the, the caching where the, the, where the where stuff's ca- where no even that would have to the cash is held on my local service. So uh, can you say who the 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 shop is with? It's just WooCommerce that I run. Uh, so um, it it's pretty much the bog standard WordPress based shop. Um, there's basically that or or Shopify, but Shopify is like a um, a third party hosted shop and costs a bit more money to run. And you have a little bit less control over what you can do because it's kind of like it's almost like an Etsy, right? But more controllable. Yeah. You know, it's it's a proper web shop that links up to your site and all that sort of thing. But you're very much in the hands of Shopify and what they allow you to do. Whereas, because I'm a complete control freak, no way, I had to go down the the, the WooCommerce route of me having complete control over it, which then results in complete nightmares like this. <laughs> you have nobody else to blame, yeah. No, not really. No. <laughs> it seems to be all sorted, but it was just sod's law that after all that time of getting everything up and running and then you press go and then it's like, oh, for goodness sake. And then you're back to the drawing board, fix all those problems and then oh, and then go for a relaunch again. But I'm kind of glad that I just did a soft launch. I didn't make anything t- too public. I briefly mentioned it on, what did I do? I think I only mentioned it on Patreon up until that point, and then I've I've had the odd little post on Instagram about it. Yeah, so there's um, and then other stuff is uh, same as yourself, admin and tax season and and all of that. We're running up to tax return time, so I need to get all that done for yeah. um, various bits and pieces. And then I've got limited company tax due as well, which I need to sort out. Um, that's due a bit later on in the year, but I need to get on. I might as well get it on top of it now over the Christmas at the same time. Yeah. Um, get all the admin done, and uh, and then we'll we'll have Christmas at some point. At some point, Christmas will happen. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Are you ready in any which way, shape, or form? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I Me think I've, I've, I've bought a couple of presents, uh, courtesy of of 
uh, my wife just sent me some links. Oh, I'll jump on those quickly. Yeah, great. Buy that, yeah. buy that, buy that. Uh, uh, but no, other than that, I am, I'm completely ill-prepared for Christmas, for the festive fortnight, as always. I, I am horribly, uh, uh, yeah, just horribly disorganised on it, I'm afraid. I, I'm just sort of super focused on the work and getting that out of the way. Normally, I try and finish whenever the week before Christmas is. I try and take that week off just to kind of... Uh, clear the decks a little bit, clear the workshop, tidy everything up, you know, calm down a little bit, do a Christmas video, end of end of year roundup sort of thing. Uh, and this year, you know, in theory, I should have been finishing today, but in practice, I'm probably not going to finish until next Thursday now. So, phew. yeah, I'm going to be running right up to the Friday, like I think. Um, and and the thing is as well, I think with the way. Christmas has landed this year with on the Monday. Christmas Eve being today. Yeah, yeah today. As, as <laughs> on <saw>. the Monday. <laughs> uh, and, and, then, and then tomorrow being Christmas Day. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, with the way things are landed, the, the schools, well, up here anyway, the schools don't break up until the Friday. Mm. Or didn't break up until the Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Very confusing. Yes. Yeah, so the, the schools have no time off before Christmas Eve, yeah. which is just bizarre and like i had all these plans to go christmas shopping with my daughter and yeah. it's like have a bit of like um time out just, just me and her doing a bit of shopping for for mum and all that nice. sort of yeah, thing yeah 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 and we're just there's no way that we can do it there's no other than doing it on a weekend which a weekend at the metro center you just don't do that uh, i don't know if, if you are you familiar with the metro center at all I, i'm not but i can i can imagine it is just like we've got westfield just down the road from us here in uh, in West London, and I'm sure it's uh, very much a similar kind of shopping centre mall thing that is torture at weekends and school holidays, basically. Yeah, it's it's literally hell on earth, and it's uh, the Metro Centre. It's Europe's or one of Europe's biggest shopping centres, and it's it's giant. And it, it's always kind of vying for that top position of, of who's currently got the biggest shopping mall. Well, like that's any kind of accolade. Uh, yeah, I'd keep that to yourself. Yeah. yeah, who's got the best bowels of hell in their city? <laughs> and um, yeah, and on a weekend, especially a weekend before Christmas, I mean, I've had it where I've queued for two hours, two, two to three hours I've queued just to get in. I haven't been able to get parked anywhere because it's got free parking everywhere and all that sort of thing. And I've just had to turn around and come back home. And then you're in an equally massive queue just trying to get back out the place. Um, once you're in, it's not too bad, but the the traffic and everything around it is just hell on earth. So there's no way I'm doing that on the Saturday or Sunday before Christmas. So I'm just going to have to go <laughs> oh, Christmas shopping on, on my Todd at some yeah. point. I could go in an evening maybe and do that. Every year I say the same thing, that next year I'm going to be more organised and I'm going to have, like, some time before Christmas to get everything sorted. And then suddenly Christmas is here. and, yeah. and it's just- the, the, the trouble is buying stuff, for, for especially for your missus, when you've been together for so long and, you know, you both earn your own money and all that sort of stuff, the vast majority of things that she wants, she's already bought. Yes. Throughout the year. You know, uh, what, what do you get... <laughs> For somebody <laughs> vouchers, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, and then we get then we get back to the hoarding conversation, uh, yeah, and, then, and, then, and this is how it happens because yeah, you, you yeah, have yeah. like years and years of rubbish being 
bought that like nobody wants and uh, uh, anyway uh, but happy christmas everyone yes have, <laughs> have a lovely time <laughs> uh so yeah the festive uh, festive fortnight is upon us what are you doing? Is it family time? It is family time. We'll be hosting a big Christmas dinner and having family over and all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, Nita kind of tied in with a visit over to the care home to see my mum. Yeah, of course. Kind of fit that in. And then, yeah, we'll be having full family dinner at ours. So it'll be a, a busy day, I think, probably 12 or so of us, maybe 12 or 13 of us, I think, over for Christmas dinner. So it, oh, it should be quite a... Um, and, and we, a rowdy uh, get together. Yes, I, I think so. It, it'll it'll be <laughs> pretty full on. I think. Good, good. And what about you? Uh, family time. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, both my kids home uh, unusually for for Christmas Day this year, which is really nice. So uh, uh, just us, and then we've got my wife's family coming the day after Boxing Day. So yeah. Oh, fantastic! A, a good a good clan gathering. That would be nice. And then I'm I'm going to go up and see my dad in in January. Yeah, nice. So when do you go back to work and have you decided? Um, I don't know. I haven't even looked at a diary. When's the first week of, of January back? I mean, probably the second week of January. The schools don't go back until quite late. So on the, on the plus side of um, them breaking up late, they don't go back till quite late. Whether or not that's a positive or a negative. <laughs> yeah, quite. Probably back and working sometime the week of the 7th. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of couple of jobs to do in January that have sort of hung on from uh, uh, from before from now from before Christmas, uh, which will need doing. But I'm thinking about taking, a, and this is just you know talking out loud here. Thinking about taking a month off, yeah, from work. Thinking about taking a month off from from paying work, YouTube and everything. To try right? and, to tr- uh, no no to try and get the YouTube because it, it's. There, there's just so much to do on YouTube. There are so many videos that I've talked about and not done, uh, and I did, it, we're at the stage where I, I almost need to, to take a few weeks off just to just to get on with them. Um, uh, and have a serious think about where things are going because we're reaching the point. And I don't know if you if you've felt this as well, but I'm reaching the point where it's it's now more than a full time job's worth of work to run the YouTube side of things. I'm definitely spending more time doing YouTube than I'm doing the day job, paying work. De- yeah, definitely. Um, the the it doesn't work out like that money wise, unfortunately. No, that's the trouble. But um, time wise. Definitely, uh, YouTube's way taken over. Once you include everything else behind the scenes, um, then yeah, big style, big style. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about uh, going full time is is too rash of a decision uh, with things how they are at the minute. But maybe cutting back and just doing. It's all tied in to do with the, the doing the installs as well. Doing the installs is um, I find it really hard. Do, do you have do you have help? Do you have anybody to help you on the? No, it's it's always always the just now. I work on my own as well, uh, but I'm getting on for you know whatever it is, fifteen twenty years older than you. Yeah, and I'm feeling it. I really am. I'll, by the time we get to 
make a central next year. Yeah. Um, I'll be almost 59 and it's, it's hard. Uh, I can't, I can't do the long days and the oiking stuff around like I used to be able to. Yeah. And part of me just doesn't want to do it anymore either. Um, so I've got to have a think about what else to do. And partly that might be doing smaller one-off pieces, the kind of thing that I've been doing for the interior designer, although they come up with some fairly hefty pieces. Um, uh, and and the other option is, of course, to, to try and wind YouTube up so that it's generating a bit more income uh, so that we can we can justify taking a bit more time over that. And certainly, you know, everything's going in the right direction. And, and the one thing I always say to people on a business standpoint is that you've got to know your numbers and, you know, make a graph of what's happening yeah. and make your decisions based on, on that. And if something is really taking off and, and looking that like it's got legs, then maybe that is the thing that's worth putting more time into. And, yeah. and certainly I think with, with both of what we're doing and uh, there's not many UK YouTubers doing what we're doing. They don't seem to be. At the end no. of the day. It's, it's yeah. a handful. I mean, I, I literally, I can probably count on, on one hand um, people who do the sort of stuff that we mm. do in the UK doing doing YouTube in any kind of serious way. I'm sure, I'm sure there's smaller channels out there um, who, are, who are maybe starting to, to do that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, it's, it's a handful of, of people doing that. And it's the same across the board. You know, it's in the same way that you can name your electricians yep. and, and your plumbers and all that sort of thing on YouTube. But you, you know who they are yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's so few people doing it in any kind of serious way. But um, it is an enormous amount of work. And I think that's what people, there's a lot of people who start the YouTube thing and think that maybe they can just get away with putting five or ten videos together and suddenly they, they realise that they're only getting... A handful of views, well, yeah. Maybe un, un, under ten views per, per video. And and it is, um, you know, come back and complain when you've made 200 videos. Yeah, quite. And then, and then see how how you feel about that as a as a project and i'm not saying don't do it but you have to be committed to the to the long game you've, you've got to commit to it that, that that's what we we did and certainly that's what i did you know just over two years ago uh committed to doing a video a week and that turned into two and da did i you know <laughs> so it goes and so it grows i'm similar myself and I, i've had a couple of ideas for some things that i would like to make that I could probably sell through my website now that I've got the shop up and running. And that's yeah, another okay. reason for getting the shop up and running because there's there's a few things that I've made kind of little prototypes of or I've been asked to make for customers. And it's like this is potentially a thing that I could not necessarily knock out in batch. It would still be a, a kind of not a bespoke thing but a, a quite a unique thing that is um, flack flat packable and, and I could potentially send it off anywhere right. in the world. Okay. And, and I, that, that might be a, an, another avenue as well. But again, it's just getting the time. I haven't even got time to sort out the basics, like putting a couple of tape measures on there. It's taken six months of planning to get to that point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've not got involved in any, any merch at all. And it's uh, uh, something I need to look at as ever, but as ever. 
you know, lack of time. So you need to, uh, like I say, I think I, I think I've taken a few weeks off, a month off from paid work, just to concentrate on on the YouTube business because it is generating, you know, not a lot of money, but it's generating enough, as we've said before, that you've got to account for what income it generates for, uh, in with regard to tax. So it's it's serious enough that. It requires it requires attention. So yeah, it's a, it's a business. Yeah. It is a business, um, and and there's a whole load of avenues that, that open up when you go down that route. And um, as I say, merch, web shop, um, yeah. yes, you know, yes, Patreon, online courses that you could do. I think someone mentioned that in one of the comments. You know, and there's so many things that suddenly doors open. Um, you know, you could you could just do a, a channel of reviewing tools. I mean, I'd I'd yeah, love yeah, to absolutely. do more tool reviews, but I just ha- haven't got time. Like I've had stuff sent to me. I've had a, a lovely um, what's it? The, hold on, I can't even see it. The the GRS sixteen track square. Um, the who's it made by? Hold on, give us two seconds. Whoops. Uh, can you see that? Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had one of these sent to us to have a look at. Yeah. Um, I think Axminster get credit for that, so thank you, Axminster. Okay. So it's a GR, GRS 16 guide guide rail square. Yeah. It's a, it's a square that attaches to the rail and lets you make, in theory, square cuts. Yes. Without having to measure or... I've, I've had that sitting around now for nearly two weeks, and I haven't, had a, I haven't even had a chance to take it out of the box. Never mind, do a video about it. <laughs> you know, and, and I was trying to explain to the people who sent us it. Um, I'll get a video out as quick as I can, but, you know, it'll be the new year. Uh, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the people in the business seem to expect instant responses. Yes. And, I, I, again, I've had some workwear sent to me. And, you know, apart from sending me the wrong flipping sizes, you, you, know, <laughs> you give these people your sizes and they send you stuff that's like... Uh, the, the legs like four inches too long in the trousers or whatever. Uh, oh, we're really keen to get the ball rolling as soon as possible. You've got to be kidding. You know, I, <laughs> I am swam doing 12 hour days between now and Christmas just to try and get this through, uh, get all the work through. The last thing you want is a pair of trousers where the pockets are in different places. You know, that, that's one of the things that drives me nuts about workwear is that even from the same manufacturers, a different range will have the pockets on the other side or something. So that you keep your pencils and your pens and your whatever in one side. So you always know you're there and you always reach for them. And then you change trousers and they're on the other side. And you think, you know, has, has nobody actually worn these? Has nobody spoken to somebody who wears these and does actual work? Yeah. Anyway, workwear. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it, yes, we can't turn these things around instantly, unfortunately. And the videos take time to make. You can do a quick talking type video to your phone easily enough and i've got a couple of those uh coming up because they were easy to do uh but it's not it's not what you want as a product type review or a product opinion yeah exactly and and doing good product reviews is it's quite hard you know because you've got to properly research it and i don't generally like to review something that i've not used very much, you know, because no. you, you, it's not until you've used it for a couple of months, really, that you learn all the nuances and the, the yeah, ins and absolutely. outs of like, oh, actually, that bit there is really annoying. You know, it's like, 
little daft, daft little things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. Daft little things like my, my biscuit joint there. It, it's awesome, but it blows the the fan um, like air that blows out. It blows directly into your eyeballs. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, you've you've mentioned this before, and you when you do think about it, yeah, it's got a crazy piece of design, isn't it? Who who designs something that just blows deliberately blows all the dust? I mean, to be fair, the dust extraction's pretty good on it. But the it just blows the wind straight into your eyeballs, and they, you know, the only thing you can do, I put a piece of tape over the the vent hole. Yeah. But it's little things like that that maybe on the f- your first couple, if you just took it out of the box and had a look and had a little quick play, you wouldn't you wouldn't mm. necessarily notice. Think it was it. fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same with. Uh, I've I've got to do a review of the the Domino connector joins uh, system uh, because I've used them more. And and when you use them, I've discovered a few other things about it, which are really actually quite clever, um, which you wouldn't normally, you might not have realised when you first get it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a few months old now, the whole connector system. I used it for the first time on the, on the big job earlier in the year. And when it first came out, people were doing sort of unboxing reviews and that sort of thing. And you think, well, that's nice. You get to see what's in the box. But unless you're actually going to use it in anger – for a, for on a few different jobs, so you use the different types, you're not really going to get a, a, a full feel for how it acts uh, in the real world, are you? And then by the time you've used it that much, it looks like a second-hand piece of junk, <laughs> and it's not something that you really want on a review. Yeah, it's almost yeah, yeah, like yeah. you need two copies of every tool, one that you're going to use for three months to get your head around it, and then a brand new one that you can show on the review so that it doesn't look like some second-hand tool that you're doing a review of. And then yeah, it's like, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's funny. Anyway, a bit inside baseball there. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all kinds of potential going on for, into next year. Interesting times. Um, but, yes, I think uh, I've, got to, I've got to take a few weeks to, to actually concentrate on doing some YouTube stuff because uh, the work stuff is, is you know, distracting it is yeah it is <laughs> it's a it's a it's, it's a valuable distraction but uh i've got to have a think about about doing less of the big physical stuff and i think uh trying to ramp up the youtube earnings is is potentially a way forwards so we'll see we'll see i keep on looking at other channels where they've just gone full-time mm. and i think it was Evan and Caitlin, who, big shout out to Evan and Caitlin, mm-hmm. briefly met them at Maker Central last year, but we were all very, very busy. Uh, they've got a great YouTube channel mm. and they've just gone full time, I think, but they had like 300,000 subscribers or something at the point that they went full time. But there is two of them, I suppose, so they do have to kind of sustain two incomes. But yes. I mean, on my side, my, my wife's getting more and more involved as well. She's mm. helping out behind the scenes on on more and more stuff just to, because I, I physically haven't got, got the time to yeah. do stuff. So she's helping with, you know, deliveries and fulfillment and yeah. Yeah. ordering and um, keep keeping me in check to say, like, you need to, like, promote this more because we've got loads yeah. of people asking about it and and. So yeah, it is gradually turning into a full time thing, I think. But mm. we'll we'll see when that actually 
happens. I think it's an evolutionary thing, isn't it? Rather than I think so, very much so. Yeah, uh, and the other thing, of course, is you know if, if we <laughs> if we go full time on YouTube, <laughs> what do you do videos about? If part of our channels is closely linked to making stuff that we put into people's homes, then suddenly we, do we end up being you know well. Got a got a great idea for you. Just come, come closer. Nobody's listening, right? Go on. Yeah. Plywood shop cabinets. Yeah. Plywood shop cabinets. Yeah. Nobody. That's nobody's it. doing videos about those. And, no one's and done them. Sharpening. Yeah. Sharp. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, they'll they'll be big winners, big hits. I'm sure. So we could just do weekly videos just about that. Just doing plywood shop cabinets. In fact, I, I think five minute workshop. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Short, snappy, five-minute videos. You could do one using your Festool track saw, and you yeah. get one cut a week with that, wouldn't you? That'd yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Four, four a, and a half uh, minutes yeah. to do one cut. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, that 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 would be perfect. So I'll just do every week a slightly a different cut. cut. Yeah, and you could take your time over. You know, that had crossed my mind as well. <laughs> of what would I show if I was full time? Yeah. And then it suddenly dawned on us, hold on, I could make all the things that I've been wanting to yep. make for my own yep. blooming house that I've never had a chance to make. All the tour reviews that you've got. I, I, I've got a head full of video ideas, bursting full of them, and none of them are work-related. I don't have a single built-in unit in, in our house. It's crazy. Me neither. In, in my wife's kind of... Um, it's not a dressing room, but it's like anyway. It, it's a storage room that's got a wardrobe in, and uh, and and a, a dressing table happens to be in there. Yeah, call it call it a dressing room. Fancy it up, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> where the rest of our bedroom should really be, and um, she's got a, a a wardrobe in there, and next to the wardrobe, we've got a temporary IKEA canvas wardrobe i don't know if you've seen these like oh yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. they're great yeah they're, they're literally made of canvas <laughs> how, and a few how long of, how long has that been temporary well five years that's been in there now <laughs> and uh all i need to do is build a little kind of a little slender what about 300 mil wide um wardrobe but if i did that would have so much more space because this, these little canvas things don't really store very much because they they kind of bow in at the back no. they're like rounded at the the back yeah edge. that's right yeah yeah we had, we've had a few yeah. of those and uh, we've been living with one of those in that room for the last five years t- literally it's like having your clothes in a tent yes exactly exactly and you could do the install easily because yeah. it's in your own home i could properly light it and all sorts yeah the stuff i've been wanting to do for the living room like re- i'd love to make some really nice mdf but with oak framed shelving and yeah. stuff you know really nice things that yeah um, the, 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 there's a lot i don't know if you've seen on on twitter and instagram but there's an awful lot of very nice oak and white white painted with oak framed and, and yeah. whatnot stuff going on it's very very current very now it looks fantastic I'd, I'd love to do some stuff like that and as you say you know once it's if it's in your own house you can properly light it you can take your time over it you can make really nice videos so I don't think there'd be any fear that would would run out of things to I, film. I want to strip my workshop benches out and start again with them, and that'd be a, that'd be a series, wouldn't it? Oh, well, there's a <laughs> there's a thing. I mean, I've been talking a long time about wanting to get an MFT in mine, yeah, and I can't think of any other. Well, what I'd quite like to do is turn my big assembly table in the middle of the workshop into an MFT. That'd be cool. But that's got my router table in. Yeah, that's right. You can you can. You can have it so that it pops up. Yeah, but at the moment I've got a flip top. Oh, okay. Um, so the work to the the top of my workbench flips up, and then I've got the router box and everything. And then I lift my router table in, 
um, because underneath I haven't got very much space because I've got all my wood storage right. yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've only got four inch or so of, of depth, so I can't get a full router underneath the table as a permanent thing. Gotcha. Um, e- either way, to do to turn that, and then my next problem with that bench is that the middle of it is sagging. Um, just because it's so heavy, because it's ended up over the years storing su- such a ridiculous amount of wood. Yeah, in it. middle of my middle of my MFT is sagging as well. Yeah, actually. so I need to work out some sort of way to either fix that or just make a whole brand new bench and just ditch that one. And then it's like, well, if you're doing all that, do I just rearrange everything? And uh, as you say, that that on its own is a year's project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> of, of filming. Yeah, you could really. I mean, we've had it on the on the topic list for a while, and I, I can't remember whether we talked about it or not. But benches that look like works of art or dining tables. I mean, you could do a, a real number on it. It's all beautiful and you know, dovetail pop up yeah. bench stops and all that sort of stuff. I'd be scared. I'd you know, give it a week with me, and it'd be covered in spray paint and glue. Yeah, yeah. I I can't. I just. It's the ultimate. <laughs> Can I say the word wank, isn't it? It really is. I mean, who wants a bench like that? Carpenters for other carpenters. It's it's not a practical thing at all, is it? It's just a... I'm not precious about my benches at all. I'll I'll drill into them. It's like, you know, um, mm. it, uh, unless I'm doing like millions and millions of holes and then I might put a sacrificial bit of wood underneath. But if I'm drilling the odd hole, I, d- I don't care if the drill bit goes into my bench, you know. It's like, it's that's what it's there for. It's a workbench. Exactly. That's why I have the benches that I have. It's a reasonably solid subframe, but with a sheet of MDF on the top and I, so that I can whack a 20 mil hole through it so I can clamp something. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. Um, anyway, I know I have to change the bench tops fairly soon, so I might do the bases as well. But my my nephew, uh, who goaded me into into starting YouTube regularly, uh, is actually going to take the bench tops. He's going to have them on his wall as art. Oh wow! I, th- I think it's nice to keep certain little things like that. Yeah. Well, that's not a very little thing. It's, no, they're quite substantial. It's got a story, you know. Every yeah, every mark, every drop of paint, everything. You could probably look at that and say that's from that job, that's from that job. <laughs> yeah. You could probably know. It's it's history, um, yeah. I've I've got stuff on my benches where I can track it back to individual videos that I've filmed where, you know, even spills and things that that, that it's like, oh, I remember when I spilt that, you know. <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we're fifty minutes in. Should we do some follow up? Yeah, better head. We had some great follow up, um, but um, uh, we probably can't go into it in a huge amount of detail. Um, should we do a couple of quick ones first? I added them right at the bottom of the the list. If you've seen them, um, Wayne asked how much we pay for MDF. Ooh, that's right. Um... The, the short, terrible truth is, I don't really know. Yeah, I had to do a bit. I had to do a bit of checking to find out. I, I would genuinely have to look it up. Uh, I think it's uh, eighteen mil MR is about twenty five quid a sheet, maybe twenty. What for Medi um, MR in central London? You're paying less than me. Yeah, what's what's going on? Quite right too. Uh, no, they are very good. They are very cheap. They're very good. So I'm paying uh, thirty three sixty five. For Medi MR, including VAT. Right. And uh, for standard is twenty one seventy five. So there you go. Uh, Wayne had said that he's been quoted anything from twenty eight fifty to forty pounds and twenty one pence. Forty sounds very expensive. Yeah. Um but yeah, you you should be 
around the thirty pound, including that. Around the thirty, I would, yeah, ballpark of thirty quid a thirty quid a sheet. I'd, I always have it in the back of my mind, you know, if I'm calculating stuff up, um, thirty quid for MR, twenty quid for non MR is the, the figures that kind of instantly spring to mind for eighteen mil sheets. So there you go. What about birch ply? What do you what do you pay for that? Uh, off the top know? of my head, forty fifty, but I'm. It's not something that I do very often. Okay. So, what about you? Uh, about the same, about fifty quid for a for a sheet of eighteen mil birch. Yeah, uh, but but oddly, a sheet of twelve mil isn't two thirds of the price, <laughs> and a sheet of a sheet of six mil isn't a third of the price. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work like that for some reason. It's uh, the eighteen's just the, the most popular by a country mile, isn't it? I think. Yeah. And so they, so they stock lots of it. Yeah. So yeah, um, we had someone asking. Uh, or mentioned uh, Mike mentioned about prepping MDF edge grain and yeah. mentioned edge banding. Uh, do you edge band ever? Um, very rarely. Uh, only normally uh, if it's a veneer. So I put a veneer edge banding uh, on it. Um, uh, not not for MDF that's going to be painted. Yeah, uh, same same here. I I hate edge edge banding. Edge banding comes m- narrowly above sanding for me. <laughs> I can't stand using the stuff, and it. Um, I, I'll use it on melamine if I'm putting any melamine shelves in. Yes, where you have to really do a, an edge on chipboard, and I'll use it for veneered. But I wouldn't use it for MDF personally because. If you use either of our methods for end grain preparation, you'll not need to. You'll not be able to tell any difference. You'll not need to, yeah. I promise you that, because I'm looking at it, as I've said before. <laughs> I can't see any difference yeah. between the, the end and the, the face. Uh, a different cattle of fish, of course, if if you've got a a yard or a, a wherever you buy your, your, your timber from, who will edge band or paper, paper tape the edges for you. That's something else. I mean, my my timber yard has a big honking great edge banding machine. Yeah, and they'll they'll put tape or or PVC edging on. And you can get very nifty workshop solutions for edge banding as well. I mean, the the cost a lot for for good ways of doing it, good practical, quick ways of doing it. Yeah, um, I, I think doing it at any kind of scale with an iron and a Stanley knife is just not practical. No, even, no. Mad, madness, madness. Even even that. using trim routers and things for you know, trimming it. And I know you can get special um, devices for, for trimming the edges off edge banding. But uh, for me, it, it's just too much extra time for not enough yeah. benefit. Uh, yes, for, for MDF that's going to be painted, absolutely not. Uh, it's not something I've gotten involved with. We had a, a question, and this is going to be, I don't know if you want to do this, uh, one from Tom uh, was asking about the, the how we go about you didn't want to talk about the money side of things, but the the length of time taken for a, how you go about figuring out how long something is going to take to make. Uh, and I put this up in an email. You've got the drawing. Well done. I haven't got I've the drawing. printed it out because I, I did see his um, email when it came in. It came in a little while ago, that one. and It, it was a little while back, and apologies to Tom for, for taking our time to get to you. Always great to hear from everybody, of course, if you go to measuringuppodcast.com uh, and hit the contact button there you'll be taken to a form where you can email us directly through the website uh, and we always uh, love to hear from you and tom had said um he's uh, got a bookcase to quote for and he's attached a simple drawing of it uh basic our kind of bread and butter work so he's interested in how long we'd estimate 
that uh, such a job would take a time rather than, you know, talking about day rates. And he's talking about making it from birch ply. It's a floor to ceiling bookcase that needs to fit around boxed in pipework. So a little bit of a fiddle uh, to get it to fit. And he's allowed four days to construct, finish and install. Um, uh, he says the finishing would be much like we've demonstrated, either painted, stained or varnished. Uh, Painted, stained, or varnished are vastly different in terms of time, I would say. But um, uh, and I don't think he says which it will be, does he? No, he mentioned Osmo, which Osmo's pretty quick to put on, but uh, then it uh, it depends how you're putting it on, I suppose. And are you going to be doing it before building it, or uh, I'm not sure how glue takes to Osmo, so I'm not sure what's going to happen to glue joints if you decide to. Pay, um, Osmo them beforehand. Osmo them. You you got to keep the glue off the. You got to glue, keep the glue off the birch ply basically, because the Osmo won't like it. Um, oh, and it was Tom who said. I uh, uh, wondered if I would consider doing a video on taking pictures of the finished work. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, tricky one really because um, uh, something of that size. It wasn't particularly wide, but it was reasonably tall. Uh, I can't remember. Quite a few shelves in it, in total. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four sh- fixed shelves. Four fixed shelves. Plus, obviously, the top and bottom. And then uh, one, two, three, four, five adjustable shelves by the looks of it. It says dividing shelves, but I'm, I'm assuming they're adjustable. They're in um, uh, dotted lines. Yeah, tricky one. Um, I, I think four days is fair enough. I'd probably allow a full week to be on the safe side. Yeah, me, me too. I was going to say a week's work. Um uh, and to, I, I'd say, yeah, a, a comfortable week to build it and install it, not necessarily in five continuous days. You might need a, a little bit longer. Uh, the painting will take a little bit longer if you're going to paint it. Uh, but then you've got to allow overnight drying times for Osmo as well. So Osmo can take a long time to dry. It, yeah. I've seen it where it's still been tacky after two days. Uh, so you definitely have to cater for that unless you're going to just be doing it on site but then what are you going to second coat it and yeah tricky uh, but, but you have a Siberian workshop and <laughs> it's a comfort a positively balmy 10 degrees is a perfectly comfortable working temperature of course it is you, you and your 25 degree <laughs> workshop so constantly hot. it is so hard <laughs> you come out of the workshop to it, it's uh, temperatures two degrees out just now and I'm, I've, I cross the street in a, in a T-shirt because I'm just too hot. Uh, I'm in a T-shirt in the workshop because it's just too hot. It's 20, 22 degrees in wow. there. <laughs> Mine will be absolute because I wasn't in the workshop yesterday or today, so it'll be Baltic in there at yeah. the minute. It'll be basically whatever temperature it is outside will be the same temperature as it is in the workshop. <laughs> but it, it, work, it warms up pretty quick once I get the heaters on, but it's just since I, haven't, I wasn't in it yesterday, yeah. absorbed in websites. But, um, yeah, and it's a project, the, the shelving thing. Is it something that he would do? That, would he do all the assembly and then ship it as a complete unit? Do you build it in pieces like I'm doing mine? Or do you, do, do you build it on site? I mean, obviously, if you can do it as a complete unit and literally more or less just drop it off and attach it to the wall mm. or whatever, then it's going to make the install a lot quicker. But you're going to have to think about, have you got a big enough vehicle that you can get that there? Are you going to need someone to help you? lift it into place because that's a big heavy unit um so 
He might have said that in an email, uh, whether or not it has to be flat packed. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, I, I think a, a very reasonably uh, five days, yeah. full week. Week's, week's work. Work. Yeah. Week's work, I would say. Um, I'm glancing at that and thinking there's a 1,500 quid job. Mm. Yeah. For a set of shelves. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. But it depends where you are and, and whatnot as well. And, uh, you know, if it bitch ply, it, it's going to look stunning. So again, we're getting on to. I think someone mentioned in a, a separate email about when when you build certain things, they have a value outside just the assembly time because it's such a nice thing that's been built. Yeah, absolutely. And therefore, you know, you could that can carry through into what what you finally quote the customer. You know, if, it, if you're making a, a beautiful thing for someone, you could easily justify two, two and a half grand for, for something like that. And, That's and right. Plenty places. If you go to, you know, go, someone had mentioned on my comments about um, going out and charging it 240 a day or something like that, and mm-hmm. therefore wardrobes were going to work out at like 1,200 quid or something. And I just said, get in touch with shops. Get a, get a quote from them. Get them to come and quote. And you see what they're going to charge because I can guarantee it'll be probably double what you're charging at the minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just have a look around. You know, visit. I did. Is Barker and Stonehouse a London thing, or is that I is that just so, up yeah. here? So one of our posh furniture shops up here. Right. Um, and go and see what they're charging for a table. You know, you'll 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 mm. spend yeah, yeah. two two three grand on it on a table. You know, so. And the rest. And the rest, absolutely. Uh, you know, have a look at uh, the David Lindley website, Mr. Marketry, um, Viscount Lindley or whatever he's called. Uh, yeah, you know, does some very nice work, but uh, comes in at a very nice price too. So, so, and unfortunately, that's not our bread and butter work at the moment. No. Um, but again, uh, take a nice birch ply bookcase, apply a very thin, simple sapili edge to it and suddenly you've got a something that looks a lot more expensive yeah and it's a thing that will last forever and that that's one of these nice things you know it'll get handed down through generations it it could sit in anyone's corner of a room you know it doesn't have to just be used for boxing in pipe work you know? heirloom quality heirloom yes, quality exactly heirloom quality, yeah. rather than that acres of chipboard junk that uh, I'm currently clearing out my mother's house that, uh, that's yeah. just going to go in the bin, you know, vin- awful, awful flat pack stuff. Yeah. Pre, Pre-IKEA? Pre-IKEA, yeah, probably M- MFI so or it'll something. it'll be MFI yeah. and, yeah. And it yeah. just goes in the bin, you know, there's no, you, you can't, you don't hand that sort of stuff down to people, so... It it just goes in the bin, that sort of stuff. But this sort of thing, it it has intrinsic value. That's the word. So don't underquote. No, indeed, no, absolutely not. You know, it's it's terrible, isn't it? When we're when when you're chasing work, you want to give somebody the best price you can, but at the same time, you've got to make a living. Exactly. You, you know, you, you've got to earn a decent amount, and given the amount of time you spend doing this stuff, the rates have got to reflect that, uh, as well as then getting into the uh, the niceties like the the quality of the finished product being something significantly better than you can get from 
from IKEA or indeed from MFI back in the day. That's why comments like, oh, but it's only MDF really wind me up because, you know, <laughs> the value of, of what you're creating is nothing to do with the, the materials that you use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think and I've, what I've always said to people is you need to run your business for a couple of years and see, you know, charge a reasonable rate and see what your actual take-home wage is. And yeah. it, it won't be anywhere near as high as you think it's going to be. No, regardless of what your day rate is, it'll be it'll be nowhere near. Nowhere near. If you're, if you're knocking out wardrobes at, say, a thousand quid a week, and you're, you're theoretically bringing in four grand a month, there's no way on earth that that's what your take-home wage is going to be. You know, it'll be a fraction of that. And you won't be doing that. You won't be running jobs back-to-back like that because you've got to have time to kind of sort quotes and sort your workshop yeah. out and all the other All the back-end back stuff. stuff. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a, a – because I'm really busy and because – uh, you know, there's just not much time to do much, much video. I've actually done, it, it didn't start out this way, but it's, it's turning into this, a, li- a little sort of mini series on the process of installs, but behind the scenes, cause I can't, I'm not showing installs proper at the minute cause it just takes too long, but all the other stuff, I know we talked about, you know, wrapping the painted pieces up for, for delivery, for installation. Well, I just stuck a, yeah, I did a few sucker hammer in the corner kind of thing while I was wrapping the the study up, uh, and it was amazing how long that took. And all that sort of stuff has to be allowed for. You've got to allow for all that time when you when you quote for the job. So there's there's that. There's how to sort out your gear before you go out on an install. You know, make a list, check it twice. Well, yeah, but you've got to try and figure out all the bits and pieces that you need because every install is different. Mm-hmm. They're all the same, but they're all different in some ways. So how do you make sure that you don't have something missing? Uh, you know, either you have a totally totally separate install kit in addition to your workshop kit, or you've got to be organised about it. And the other thing is, is when you come back after the install, your gear is going to be all over the place because it is, because you're working in a crazy small space. You've got to go through all that again and put all that away back in the places where you know it'll be ready for the next one. So, yeah, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't know how interesting it's going to be generally, but I thought it was worth documenting just to show how long this stuff takes. I, I think the more that can be done to, to in, instill in people, um, not just in tradespeople, but in the customer's mind. The customers, potential customers oh, as well. And yeah. then they can kind of, you know, when people are going out to jobs and they're getting you know, shot back and, and said, oh, no, that's too expensive. You know, go and watch this video and, and see what else is involved. You know, it's it's not just a question of going out there, doing the work, getting the money and on to the next one. It it just doesn't work like that in the real world in yeah. any way, which shape or form. And I, I th- we've chatted before, I think, about, you know, tradespeople will happily go out there, boiler fitters, going out and installing a boiler and it might take a day and they're charging a thousand quid for the install. Yep. When not that expensive in the scheme of things, you know. In the scheme of things, no. No, indeed. So, uh, yeah, you've just got to be realistic, but run it, don't judge it based on 
one or two jobs that you've done. You've got to run it for a year, a couple of years before you know what all of your outgoings are and what what sort of extra expenses you're going to run into that you'd never even thought of and then work at what is that profit figure coming out at at the end of the year and it'll be, you know, you'll know by what your tax bill is at the end of the day because that is what your take-home uh, your take-home wages is your your gross profit, and then taking off your tax to get to your your net profit. Yeah. That that is, it. You'll you'll be shocked at how little it is compared to what you've been been charging. Yeah, we had another one um, about. Jim mentioned about the apprenticeship thing. Yes, Jim had followed up. He'd, he'd, um, I know we said we'd not knock this one on the head, but yeah, uh, but it was it was generous of Jim to to follow up on this because he's uh, Jim's the the older mature student, let's say, who's taken voluntary redundancy and is uh, doing sitting guilds. Uh, yeah, sitting guilds course. Jim's doing as a confidence building and gap filling. Um, knowledge gap filling rather than CV building, he says. And he's, he's taken the time to get to ask three different lecturers on his course. And he got three, three completely different answers about the differences between NVQ, sitting girls and apprenticeships. Um, <laughs> so. Well, that's good in a way, because that matches up with what we're seeing. What we're finding, that's true. Um, so yes, uh, he, he spoke to the apprenticeship admin and they said that no way would it suit a mature student as it only pays £3.60 an hour and lasts 12 to 24 months. So, uh, yes, he says he's still very unclear and all. He's, he's the one who's studying. So yeah, he's, he's at the call face <laughs> and he, he can't get the answers. So uh, there yeah, you but, go. But thanks, thanks to Jim for following up for us. And uh, we really appreciate that. That's, uh, uh, some, some excellent uh, excellent non-information there. <laughs> but, but very useful. Confirming exactly what we know. It's, it's confirmed what, yeah, it's con- confirmed what we thought. And, uh, yeah, very interesting. Thanks to everyone who's got back to us on uh, the apprenticeship topic. Every single response that has been sent in has been invaluable. Absolutely fantastic, yeah, great. And, and very interesting. And, uh, yeah, at, at some point, I haven't, uh, well, mentioned this, but we're going to put, and it might be live by the time this episode goes out, but we're going to put a new little resources section on the Measuring Up podcast website with just a link uh, off to a few of the things that we talk about so that everything's in one place. So we'll include links to it, like all the books that we talk about and few of the products that we talk about and things like that and yeah great um so look out for that on measuringuppodcast.com and look out for that resources section if, if you're ever looking for a bit more information as as and when we find it and we'll include links to like all the various um training information that we've been sent links to as well absolutely and, and hopefully we can just build a bit of a kind of uh, a library of, of things on there that might be useful to people. Yeah. You can keep checking back to uh, measuringuppodcast.com to see if that, when that goes live. Or, of course, just uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we are Measuring Up Podcast on Instagram or, indeed, Twitter at Measuring Up PC on Twitter. Uh, I am at 10 Minute Workshop on uh, Instagram and at 10 Minute Shop on Twitter, Andy Witchers. I am Gosforth Handyman on Instagram and Gosforth Andy on Twitter. So you, you should be able to find us on there. 
And of course, you can follow the show, follow the after show on Patreon, and you've got a whole extra section of podcast. We've had loads of new Patreon supporters over the last. Lo- we have. We've had a real influx of new new supporters, and welcome everybody. And uh, 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 wonderful to have had your support. Uh, and of course, we'd like to thank our special friends who do just that uh, this week. And we would like to thank Douglas Steele. This'll do. Brendan at the Shades Workshop, Tim Bowers, Nick Fajardo, Adrian Millington, Chris Davison, Paul Gardner, Eddie Carroll, James Hewitt, Carl Poutney at the Strawbite Workshop, Steve Avery, Peter Tone, Owen Bullock, Tony Carnell, Adam Padley, Chris Mark Duthie, uh, Max Vietz, Mark Duff, and Ben Harker on my side. And on my side, I'd like to thank Harry Capper, John T. Lynch, Duncan, Chris Stokesmore, Ben Campbell from the Colonel Collective, Jason Williams, Wilson Chan, Kevin Steer, Dominique Krasinson, Andy Farmer, Randall Davis, David Chisnell, Kevin Miller, Peace of Timber, Jim Hooper, Andrew Monell, James Mancave, Graham Bailey, Mike Broom, and Rakesh Patel. And we are officially sold out now on the, um, if you want to mention on the show, that that's it, it's full. So if you do want a shout out on the show, you'll have to wait until someone else drops off. And <laughs> It's like a swanky restaurant where you can't get a table until somebody leaves. <laughs> exactly. So at, at the moment, uh, I'm afraid if you want a shout out, that is now um, full. Otherwise, the show will turn on to just us shouting names out for the entire show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a bit like the end, the end of my YouTube actually is getting longer and longer. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, which is not a bad thing, but you, yeah, at some, there comes a point where you've got to uh, put an end to it, isn't there? Draw a line, and uh, yeah, and that's uh, a, a good. Uh, and uh, we are now talking of drawing lines. We have just passed the halfway mark on our target to hit to start doing weekly shows. So if, you, if you're not aware, yes, uh, we, we set a target of 200 patrons and we are at, at the point that we, um, we're recording this, we're at 101 at the moment, which is amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much to all of our patrons who are helping keep the lights on on the show. And of course, if you do support the show, you get access to the after show where we talk about all sorts of other nonsense behind the scenes absolutely yeah and that of course is coming up next i think drawing a line under things we're going to draw a line under this show thank you so much for listening if you do have the time please please uh try giving us a rating and a review on itunes uh itunes reviews and ratings really help push the podcast further up the stack in the itunes uh charts and uh, further up the stack is where we want to be so if you can spare the time we have many many five star reviews uh, on iTunes now thank you very much to everybody who's left that uh, review for us Uh, but that's it for this week I think thanks so much for listening Uh, as always pleasure to have had the pleasure of your company and we'll see you in the after show have a very very amazingly Merry Christmas as well and remember that next week is our final episode of this season so it's not in two weeks time it's in in one week's time for how did we one. how how did we get this further along uh, honestly the season? it's I gone so quick again it has. It's, it's gone crazily quick but uh yes yeah, so have a fantastic christmas and we will join you on new year's eve and when we'll join all of our patrons on the after show indeed see you soon bye bye and I-